What's up, guys? Welcome to the Big Black Clock Podcast. I love how he's always struggling with saying it properly. I I, I take my time. I, I have to. Episode four. Oh, yeah. Wow, you made it. Has it been that many? Guys, we made yeah. it. Made I didn't quit yet, so it's people, good. People know us. And I today, can't walk down the street anymore. <laughs> so, so people know us, just to people who don't know us because they're new to the podcast, let's say. Yeah. I'm Carl. I'm uh, with Kevin. Hello. And Dimitri. Hola. We are, today is going to be a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. That's it's the BBC, right? History today, right? Clock. Uh, well, history, it's more... more um, what brand watches that we like or watches that uh, brand that we it's English yeah, it's Carl. difficult yes. English. <laughs> whiskey a brand that we're into so we drink on this podcast oh disclaimer sorry. let me open my uh, product there you go there you go so uh, Dima, uh, Dimitri is drinking Stella Hartwa and uh, if Stella want to sponsor this podcast in any way we'll always say yes Money, me, money, money, <laughs> money, beers. Even if they can send watches, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, if still Artois can send me watches, that's fine. Yeah, let's go for it. And um, you keep your beer. Your, your premium watches. Me and Kevin just uh, like your beer. As last time, we're drinking uh, Maker's Mark whiskey. Yeah. So from Kentucky. Little uh, oh, here. ice. I'll take some ice too. Some extra cube here, and then we're gonna yeah. get this started. Today's a little bit of a mouthful. <laughs> we'll go in. Uh, Let's start favorite the favorite brand and why. But before, I would say the way I inter- interpreted this this podcast was not necessarily a favorite brand because I obviously have many. No, no. This was something that I'm fascinated with, a brand that I'm yes. really, really impressed with. Who we're really into. Yeah. Lately. Yeah. And why and what it means to us, why we got into it, that sort of thing. Let's uh, start with a quick uh, wristwatch check, and I think uh, we'll go, go first. first. Okay, go first. perfect. Uh, I'm still wearing my Sumo uh, that I wore last time, and it just doesn't come off now. I bought it recently, and yeah, I think I'm in my honeymoon period uh, with this the watch. The green one, right? Yeah, it's the Hulk. Uh, Third, I just yeah. bought it a few months ago. It's it's a beautiful watch. I wear it almost every day, uh, everywhere. Uh, I changed the bracelet to, um, to a strap code bracelet. Um, Have you yeah. worn it swimming at all? Not yet. We're in the shower. I don't wear. I don't have a shower watch. Maybe Carl has a shower watch. <laughs> I thought you could. Yes. Oh, thank God you said watch. <laughs> so I kind of have a shower. <laughs> I was like, how filthy are you? <laughs> it's nice that my sentence didn't finish you need right there. A shower. <laughs> Good question. Dishwatch. Shower. So, shower watch. Hulk. Is it the its name on online? No. 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 Okay, just, that's the sub. I call right? it the Hulk. Yeah. So okay. Sub. Communities uh, call it that. Yeah. Right. I'll call it the She Hulk for you. <laughs> why? Why do you call it the She Hulk? Women are. Uh, is yeah, there a logic in there? Or is it just? Is okay, it being very know, sexist you, for you no reason? Your, you know, Marvel. She Hulk is the wife of Hulk. It's like it's the green. Uh, okay. Okay. Ugh. Anyway, well, you could you didn't Ugh. have to. Yeah. Shut up, nerd. Ugh. <clears throat> I'm wearing the. Let's uh, just ignore that. What just happened? Yeah, it's just. Yeah. It's just so just, I'm wearing my sumo. We can edit. We can <laughs> edit, edit that green. out. <laughs> no, no, just leave it. <laughs> I want our listeners to to learn about our personalities. Green sumo. <laughs> I'm just she Hulk. Yeah, I'm Go. just wearing my green sumo Hulk. She not sexist. Yeah. Just <laughs> the Hulk. So Kevin, what's what are you wearing today? I'm wearing something a little bit more design. It's the new IkePod uh, Megapod. So it's uh, revitalized uh, for those who are unaware. After the IkePod uh, brand closed in 94, which was, uh, they closed up shop, sorry, in 2012. They were founded in 1994 by Mark Newsom and Oliver Olivier Ike. So Mark Newsom, a lot of people may not know him. 
the designer created the Apple Watch. Apple Watch design. Yes. Yes. Well, not, yeah, that was Apple. But <laughs> he did the design. Um, the brand was reborn. Uh, more accessible price point. Those watches were ridiculous. 10,000 bucks in class. Uh, and Louis Christian, uh, Christian Louis Coll uh, rebought the brand in 27 revived it. The uh, original ones, they're super expensive, are still available. Can you find them online? Sure. Yeah. It, it, still expensive? About three to 5,000 US. Wow, they lost a lot of money then. They, they, <laughs> they, 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 they. They're designer watches. They're, what's cool about this watch is it has like a, a very like pod shape. This watch is actually 47, 46 millimeters. It's huge. It's huge, but it doesn't sit that way on the wrist, not like my Panerai, because it has no lugs. It's like a UFO saucer. The profile is really unique and cool. It has this like bombed sapphire crystal, a Mayota high beat uh, watch, uh, a 9093. Um, and it's designed by Alexandre Peraldi, who was the designer at Richmond Group, who was with Cartier, and most recently in Bonne and Merci. So it comes on a rubber band. And I really have to say one thing. Great brand because the experience was great. I went on Kickstarter when they came out because they really wanted to get funding for their second um, iteration. They're coming out with more. And I was speaking directly with him. I speak French. He's from Switzerland. He's French. Businessman. And we were, we were chatting. I was asking him questions. And he wrote me a handwritten note when I got it. Uh, so I got a good discount because it was on Kickstarter. Great experience. Nice customer service then. Great experience. And I have to say uh, uh, that's a little bit in link with what uh, connected me to the brand I'm really into. It has a lot to do with the experience or the, uh, the story behind it all. So that's what I'm wearing today. Great watch. Really suggested. So mine is the, uh, the iPod Megapod. The white dial with the numbered indices. And the orange hand. So the actual, because uh, I think it's important we say it, I'm going to give you guys the actual reference number. Uh, is it super complicated like most watch brands? Are? No. Really? Really? Is it like normal three it's numbers? It's not. It's like fucking three numbers. Oh, I like those. like those. Megapod. I have the, I'm going to tell you guys right now. It's the M005. Walter, it's called. Walter? Yeah. The retail right now for 1290 euros. So, uh, but I got mine at a good deal. The Kickstarter price is like 40 Is it exactly the same that you can buy now? It was a founder edition. Excuse me? Was it a founder edition? Because there's some watches company when they do no. Kickstarters, they no, do no, a different no. case back just because it was a Kickstarter. No, 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 no. The, okay. There's not. They have a different uh, versions of it. They had one that was Alexandre. They call it the M201. By Alexandre, so the designer, this was his take on it, but it's very uh, close to uh, what um, the other iPods used to be. So I think it's a really cool watch, very different from anything I own. A lot of people either hate it or they love it, but I have to say, super comfortable on the wrist. Rubber strap, which you know, Carl and Dimitri, I really like. I you, also like rubber straps. Uh, you both like. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So that's what I'm wearing today. Cool. You, Carl? Um, as of last week, because I'm someone who went wear watches. 
when I wear watches, uh, I wear them most of the time for a long time. So sometimes a week or two at a time. Why? I don't know. It just... Uh, like a phase? Pretty much. Yeah. Um, I just... When in the morning, my watches are in the same drawer as all my boxers. So... <laughs> Cool story, but this is what I never buy a watch from Carl. <laughs> <laughs> They're in cases, but uh, yeah. So in the morning when I dress up, I decide if I change the watches or I keep the same as yesterday, because I always uh, on my nightstand next to me. I'm like you. I get into phases and like this watch is getting crazy amounts of wrist time. Yeah. And, then... and sometimes I switch every day. It really depends, yeah. right? Yeah. Or the activities I'm planning on that day could, could uh, affect that too. Uh, but yeah, so I'm still wearing my uh, Tudor Heritage Ranger as of last week, one of my favorite watch. Uh, but since I'm wearing the same thing, I wanted to take some, some of my wrist check time today to talk about something I read. Um, wait, wait, you can read? Sometimes. There's always a lot of pictures in it. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, it was an audiobook, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do audio article yet. Yeah. Um, so it's connects of last time when me and Kevin went to our Rolex uh, authorized dealer here in Montreal. One of them, at least. Yes. Um, I'm really crushing on the Hair King lately. And when we went there, we asked to be on the list because as any Rolex dealer does, they don't have any watches that you want in stock at all, right? You have to be on the list or for them to call you to have a chance because it's, of course, not a chance. Mm-hmm. Are you mighty enough to right. <laughs> have a Rolex? Um so Kevin goes, I'll take a, I think it's a, it was a sub, right? No date, black dial. Hell yeah. So, and I, I was like, oh, can I enlist for two watches? And they pretty much laughed. Yeah. Laughed for a long time. And they go, no, it's only one. So I had to choose between my crush, who was the hair king, and a sub. Because, you know, it's a sub. It's easy to wear. It's the watch. So I went with the sub. But between then and now, I read online that the... um bloodhound program so if people don't know what it is it's a land speed record vehicle it's pretty much a car with jet engines on it to go maybe to give some context the air king is a watch that's been around since the 30s it's the version of the watch um that went up in 33 in the first flight over everest um it's it's uh been around and it's considered one of the more accessible and entry-level Rolex models. And I was looking at some old versions of it in the 90s, in the early 2000s, and it made, the one you're about to talk about, is drastically different than any Air King that existed in the past. And you're going to explain why. Yeah. Um, So to go back to the Bloodhound program, Ooh, it's a land speed record vehicle. Um, what is that? So, so it's you know, there's uh, planes who go Mach one, two, and three if they're lucky. What what's that? Pla- what is this word? Planes? It's, it's, like, it's, like a bird, it's like a bird with a fixed wing, right? It, exactly, right. It uh, runs on fuel, and there's people who are crazy enough and want to do the same thing on the ground, right? So the Bloodhound program not was on fuel on the ground. <sighs> yes. It's a vehicle to go really, really fast. Do you understand now? Honestly, I don't I'm understand. St- I'm still stuck on plane. Yeah. I don't know what you like a level plane field. So, Bloodhound program we want to go really fast in a car as a jet engine stuck on the back, right? It used to be an NLC uh, run by universities in the UK, and Rolex was part of the sponsors and the program. So, part of the branding, I guess, they did uh, two gauges 
on the car. So one was for the speed, and if I'm not mistaken, one was for the RPM of the engine. And they're huge, and they're really prominent when you look inside the cockpit of the Bloodhound. So, just for anyone who's listening, they stopped making the Rolex Air King in 2014. And it was essentially replaced by the other affordable entry-level Rolex, which is the Oyster Perpetual. So you can find those for about 4,500 US, like 6,000 bucks, right? Now they're in 39, you have them in 36, and then 34. And the 34 has those like numbers like the Explorer. But these were, were essentially, this replaced the Air King, which was that affordable watch. And then it came out with this new Air King that you're talking about that was based on the dials of the Bloodhound. And um, so the new Hair King is the same case and movement as your Milgas giving. That's right, the same case. So the only difference with the movement is it doesn't have the anti-magnetic cage around the yeah, movement. that's right. Um, but recently, that's, that's what I want to talk about with you guys. It, it, you've seen it. It's a controversial watch. It's all the fives. It's a lot of fives. Yeah, is whoever they could put a five, they put one. There's a lot of fives. So there's the 5, 25, 35, 50, 55. There's a lot of weird... Oh, I see what you mean. And there, a lot of people... Exactly. A lot of people jump in and they say, there's no symmetry. But you know what? It, it's it's just like that it penis is. at the 12 o'clock on the Speedmaster. Yeah, yeah. It just... See it. If, if you don't... If you didn't tell me this, I wouldn't know. It doesn't stand out. I don't... I wouldn't say that it stands out to me, to be honest. You know what? You're right. I didn't notice it till someone told me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that dial is literally based on the um, a cluster from the Bloodhound program. But the thing is, um, the Bloodhound program ran out of funds since it was university-based program. Do you know when? I think it was uh, mid uh, early 2019. Oh, it's been a while. Yeah, uh, and during last year, so we're in 2020 right now. Uh, a businessman in the UK bought back the program, so it changed from the Bloodhound NLC to the Bloodhound Bloodhound. Um, LSR for Lens Speed Record. But when that happened, when there was a switch from a university program to a private program, Rolex pulled out. So they remove their gauges from the car. And now in the car, though, where there used to be the Rolex gauges, it's blanks. So they're Rolex instruments. Really. Yeah, they're, they're, they're gone. No more, right? So how baller are you if you're driving something and <laughs> your fucking dial says Rolex? <laughs> that's fucking baller, isn't it? <laughs> well, JLC used to put gauges in Ferraris. Uh, oh, God, that's uh, so cool. It is very Fuck, cool. that's well, really cool. Uh, ILWC, they do gauges for pens. That is very cool, I agree. That is fucking amazing. That is fucking when cool. You, when you buy your Ferrari, again, <laughs> your next Ferrari, <laughs> they don't make do it sure anymore. it has the JLC. Uh, what is this? What is this garbage? Where's my JLC fucking? But I'm sure they, they used to do it in the past, not now. Ah, not everything um, is about cost saving. Bentley has a hundred thousand dollar option <laughs> to be on for the Bentega. <laughs> How do you fucking wide that? You, you, you don't. don't. You just throw the car away <laughs> and you buy a new one. Uh, I don't. I have to put gas in this car. You, what about a farber? <laughs> you have to have oil money to buy a car like this. Exactly, oil money. You yeah, just and, buy and, a new and car. They, they you only throw it out. <laughs> it's disposable like a disposable camera for us you don't even throw it out you have to call someone well, you throw it out you, you, yeah. have a, you, you have just, a dumpster truck that just, just picks it up and just throws it out you just pull over 
leave it. Someone drive it, in, drive it into a lake and just leave. <laughs> yeah, so to go back to the Bentley Bentayga, it's Brittling is doing the tourbillon. Brightling is doing and a tourbillon in the Bentley Bottega dash. Just, Look at that it's thing. It's just excessive. It's 100,000 uh, pounds. No, but I'm serious. How <laughs> Do you think people that buy this car actually know what, it, it, what it, kind of watch is in that car? No, it's, no, no, it's an option. They only do 10 a year. Oh, it's an option. But I still, I still don't understand. And I'm going to be honest, it's a very legitimate How do you wind that thing? Is it automatic? Yeah, but uh, so it's the movement of the car? Yeah, I guess. So, okay, but then if you don't drive it for, I don't know what the power reserve is, but it's got to die at one point and then you got to wind it by driving. You have to understand, when you have that kind of money, you don't by give a driving shit. over potholes. So no, I, under- <laughs> I understand that. Clearly, I, I understand that people don't give a shit, but you're putting a tourbillon in a fucking car dash. That's it's got to make excessive. It's excessive. It's excessive. It's excessive. A clever electric winder. Clever electric winder. So there's as long as it's a car battery, then that's your yeah. That's the clever electric winder. That's a car battery. So to go back to the hair king. Yeah, hair king. Hair king. All the H. It's very French. Yeah. I live in my house. House. In my house. Don't Um, be a has. Um, has like the yeah. F1 so <laughs> Rolex pulled out from the program, so they don't really have a reason to do that dial anymore. So always pull out, guys. Always yeah. pull out. Yeah. Rolex pulled out too. Um, so now uh, I want to go back to our Rolex the rice dealer to remove my sub waiting list and put me back on the Hair King. Do it because I just feel that they're gonna stop to do that dials anytime now. Yes. Right. Twenty twenty one, maybe. As we always say, do it. There's yes. gonna be. In a few years when they stop making it. Shit, you guys remember that? It's the uh, same thing with the uh, Milgas. Yes. but that um, is Speaking of other watches. No, they're going to keep making the Milgas. What I was researching. Not the green new. Not the blue. The, uh, the blue. pricings are going to go up. Well, I was looking at uh, watch buys. Yeah. And they're saying that there's an official price change. They're just coming from Zin in August, at the end of August. Oh, yeah. Soon. Increase. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, so if you, you want to buy it at much? the current price, uh, I don't know how much, but... I don't know, ten percent, fifteen percent. So, uh, Dima, yes, do it. Go buy one right now. You know the thing is, I though, also want a Seiko. I want also, uh, I also want a Grand Seiko. But here's the other thing. You know, if you ever travel to Europe and you go on Chrono and you get slightly used, you get good deals on those watches. They're not necessarily worth the new purchase. They hold their value. They diminish very quickly at the start, but then they kind of hold their value. Right. Yeah, but Dima doesn't want the risk grime of other people. Not really. I don't mind. <laughs> Wrist grime. Use your words. Use word spirit the, last yeah. time. The spirit of something. Yeah, I'm talking about somebody American spirit. Somebody who has you don't a, even speak English. He's saying us. Welcome <laughs> to my ass. Somebody who has a dish watch. Dish wrist <laughs> grime. <laughs> you prefer wrist cheese? No. No one. <laughs> just stop, stop it. Just stop, stop ruining just watches stop for me. Ruining everything. <laughs> So yeah, what guys do you think is it? Uh, I should Get go the for the air king right now. Yeah, oh, yeah. because it might it's, it's, go up. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's more. It's it. more unique. Let me wear it when you're a sub is a sub. As much as everybody loves a sub, I'll, I'll, and they'll keep making you, them. They will keep making. They will never change. Forever. But air king is just. I'll, I'll lend you the air king if you lend me your milk cost. Yes, I'll give you my G Shock if you give me. <laughs> I king. didn't talk to you, Dima. Oh. Dimitri, stop I'll talking. Buy, <laughs> I'll, I'll buy you another G Shock and give you two G Shocks. Two G Shocks. It's a good deal. New two watches. Two oh. dishwatches. It's a good deal. Take it. <laughs> a dishwatch and a shower watch. Oh, my God. Okay, guys. So, so what are we talking about today? 
I think uh, let's get to the right topic. So we're talking now. It's going to be a mouthful, guys. Get ready. Lock yourselves in for the BBC, the big black clock. It's a mouthful. We're going to go into, each one's going to go on their little uh, rant here, telling us about a brand they love, they like, they admire, they dream of. Tell us why, why they got into it, and uh, tell us the story, everything. And then uh, that's going to be it. So let's get into this. Do we, do we start this thing now, guys? Cheers. Cheers, man. Let's start this thing. Cheers, Salud. Saucy. Prost. Lahayim. So um, I feel like Dima talked the less earlier. So do you want to start with your uh, sure? Get us your going, brand? man. Sure. Get us going. What brand are you crushing right now, or at least that you well, want to talk about? It's not the brand that I'm crushing on right now. I've been always crushing on them before. It's, it's just love. it's just it's love at first sight. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought of them as a as a, a brand that I would buy a watch of at some point. Uh, and I was always fascinated by their history. I didn't know as much, and I you know this was an exercise in me kind of forcing myself to learn a little bit. But it's a slippery slope because once you start learning about it, you kind of like go into this never-ending search on Wikipedia where you just keep clicking and clicking and clicking and you find that Theories. at some point that you're just looking at completely something completely different. All right. Anyways, so the brand, uh, the brand that I'm going to be talking about is Jejelikut. Yeah. I don't think that brand's any introduction. Yeah. It's, to me, one of the most amazing brands ever, right? It's not in the big three. And it surprises me a little bit, I think. The big three are Vacheron Constantin, uh, Audemars Piguet, and Patek Philippe, right? But it's just because it's officially it. a bit of a different price segment. I think that, to me, is the main reason why. I think it has to do as well with with age. It has to do with uh, pricing, of course. The funny thing you say about age, it's interesting how old Jericot really is. Yes, um, but I also think it's to do with pricing as well. Yeah, because a Langenzan is is knocking at that door where people say, you know what, They're just much younger. Yeah, because you, look, let's just let's just take for example what you just said. Like you take those big three, you have like the Nautilus, the Royal Oak, and you have the Overseas. And then what came out last year, Langenzan's like, ah, oh, we're gonna come out with our steel sports watch, the Odysseus. And then you get some other ones that are there, the the Zapek, the Zipek that came out now. The Chopal Alpine. Right. right. Um, yeah. Um, so, you know, for me, this was an exercise in learning a little bit about uh, the brand history. And I am kind of that person that likes history about watches more than anything else. I, I enjoy reading about where the watch came from, what inspired, let's say, different things. And I'll just talk a little bit about the, the origin of the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, uh, before it became a brand, officially it became a brand in 1833. Uh, when two guys, it's uh, Antoine uh, Antoine uh, uh, Lecoutre and um, um, I can't remember the, the first name. Of Edgar. It. Edgar, Edgar Gégé. Is it Edgar Gégé? Yeah. No, for me, it's only Gégé. That's it. Gégé, okay. So it's Antoine Lecoutre and Gégé. Yes. They formed the brand officially in 1833. But the story goes way before that. Uh, it's it's It started, it goes back to Lecoutre. It's Pierre Lecoutre who came from France. Uh, he was escaping um, religious repercussions. What? Religious repercussions. He was escaping, and, and he came there. It was uh, in the eight, in the fifteen hundreds. Came where? He came. To, he went to Switzerland uh-huh. to the place which is Valais du Joux, which is basically one of the most famous watchmaking areas in Switzerland. Um, and he started the village, the village called Le Sentier, the whole village. Yeah, he was. He's the one that built the church, and that church is basically in the middle of that village. 
That village that is fucking cool. That is very cool. And that, it, that was it, in the fifteen hundreds. The guy was escaping from religious repercussion and Perse- build, persecutions. Same thing. And build. No, re- re- <laughs> definitely I think not I said repercussions, okay. but persecutions. <laughs> persecutions. And repercussions of what? Well, he was escaping the the Jesus Christ. The the exactly. What are the, the, no, no, what are the, what are the words? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just excommunication. Too, ma- no? too, too much. Because alcohol? it was during the 1400s, so it was the no. Renaissance period. No, but what is that? Uh, the Crusades. The Crusades. Well, it was after. It was after. 1500s was after. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so he he basically escaped to Switzerland, to the valley Valley du Joux. He was one of the first people to settle there. He started uh, a village. He built a church, and you can look it up. The church is still there. So that little village, it's kind of like uh, a village that forms a community of maybe three other, two other villages right mm-hmm. around it. But Pierre Lecoutre started the village and today all of the three big brands are there. Plus, plus, plus Breguet and Blancpain. All Breguet, of those brands see? are today in Valais de Joux. They say the first watch was, was Breguet. Correct, so. but it wasn't 1500s. Yeah. So, so to me, that is fascinating, right? Yeah, you put the stepping stone Very for one to install. The guy that started the brand, the watch brand, was his ancestor. He started because the, the, the Pierre Pierre Lecoutre came to to that area in 1500s, uh, and the brand started in 1833, right? Antoine Lecoutre was born in like early 1800s. So I mean, there was a good 250 years before. But at the end of the day, he was he started the business in the place that was started by his ancestor. Um, it's nuts. It's it is cool. pretty cool. It is pretty cool, uh, uh, and he was very uh, a very talented, gifted watchmaker. He's won a bunch of awards. Mm-hmm. He's invented uh, this device that call that's called the millionometer, mm-hmm. which is uh, which allows you to measure microns. Right. So it allows you to to measure uh, to build, let's say, parts for the watches specifically. I mean, in this case, that are very very small and precise. So it allows you to build small mechanisms. So what's so cool is that a lot of these old watchmakers at the heart were. Uh inventors engineers they were innovators right they weren't just watchmakers back then it was just like this whole ensemble of it right um he didn't patent this so he's you know he doesn't really get money royalty Mm. Uh, the other thing that he invented that i I didn't know before but it's very cool and everybody is using today he invented the 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 function the two-stop uh crown guard crown where you pull it to change the date and then you pull it again to change the time. Oh, get out. That's, the two that's, position. That's 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 the GLC. That's amazing. Yeah. That's an interesting thing. I find that this is cool. very cool. Yeah. Again, didn't patent test, uh, this either. So everybody started using it and using know, it today. Did you know why? Did you check? Did you know? I, don't I don't know. know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, uh, again, the, the information is limited. I, I didn't really see, but I'm imagining that these guys are inventors. Yeah. They're not necessarily businessmen. Yeah. What sucks is that back then there's also a lack of documentation. Yeah, you know, right. where, where did patents start too, right? What yeah. year? Well, they did they have that in the right? 1800s for sure. It's just that. Yeah, but still, it. even today. Thomas pat- Edison did. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> wars, wars break out and then they start bonfires and whatever the fuck you had in a patent office goes up in flames and boom, it's done. And, and there's some patent too that offices are not respected in other countries, right? That's right, another right. hard thing to do, right? Yeah. What fascinates me a lot about this watch brand is that they have always been the inventors. They have pretty much always, with some exceptions, they've always manufactured the calibers in-house. They are, I wasn't able to fact-check that, but they have produced over 1,200 different calibers over their lifetime. It's a lot of calibers. Mm-hmm. They are, that's a, that's a lot. It's a lot. 
that's a lot and i find that they, they, these guys are basically at the frontier of the of of um of uh progress when it comes to watchmaking right they've always especially come with new stuff. innovators especially right. the movements right um uh, they've obviously have come up with a few interesting watches that are very famous and you know like the reversos like an Mvox. Uh, I'm not going to go into details right now. Uh, there's a lot you can talk about those specific models. Um, but they were also very famous for supplying big brands with their own calibers. Yeah, for many, many decades, many, right? Many decades. Mm. Uh, at the beginning of the 20th century, they were making uh, calibers for Patek and also Cartier. It's funny, the brand for I'm like going to talk 30 years. The brand I'm going to talk about later had movements from Zhezhe. Um The other thing that I found that was very cool, I find, is that I'm sure you all know about Lemania. Yeah. Right? yeah. Lemania is also yeah. a brand that existed, you know, for a while, but it's been over 100 years they don't exist. Yeah. They were purchased by Omega at some point, I think, and yeah. Omega used their movement to make the famous uh 321 movement, yeah. I think, that's using Speedmaster. Yeah. So, the person who started, I don't have the name, but the person who started Lemania worked at GLC at some point. He was he went for the GLC school to start Lemania. Many brands have that. It, it is it is interesting. Yeah. Um, they also uh, produced the uh, the Patek and Cartier. Uh, they they produced Patek uh, mechanisms, I think, later in the 20th century, and Cartier as 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 recently as like early 2000s, I think, in some cases. I'm not yeah. sure about other brands, but this is this is significant enough. I read an article that said that hurt. Chagé Lecoute was because they produced such movements for all these big brands and they didn't have the brand recognition that a lot of other brands had. A lot of people go, well, why would I buy a Chagé Lecoute if I could just buy the, the more popular brand that has a Chagé Lecoute movement in it, right? That was, it was something interesting that was read about that. Um, what else can I mention about this watch? Um, They've always been kind of tasked with making to to go to be first to go along with progress, right? Mm -hmm. So early, uh, they're famous for uh, coming up with very very thin mechanisms, and their ultra thin models, the master control stuff. Right. They all started at the early twentieth century when they were basically trying to make the smallest possible mechanism, right. which is what they did. They actually have, I think, to this day, uh, they have a record. They have a mechanism called Caliber One Hundred One by GLC. Uh, fun fact about it is that it's it weighs less than one gram. Oh. So fun, but it is it is fantastic how you fit such a small mechanism in such a small casing and I, it weighs I nothing. Even, I, I don't understand it. I can't it's, even conceive that. What's a gram? Like you think about it. Well, in, think of like what do you no, measure? measure? What is your unit of measurement? Grains of rice, <laughs> rice grains, yogurt. I would even say cocaine exactly. <laughs> Quarter gram. So four small baggies of <laughs> would make. We'll up. need to beep that out. Yeah. We don't know what drugs are. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, I'll try to. I'll, I'll, oh, that's that's not that's super light. It's a grain of rice. No, less than that. Couple couple of grain. So rice. they 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 made a few watches with that with that mechanism. And uh, Queen Elizabeth, she she the, wore that. The movement is like a tenth of the watch. Yeah. She wore that watch. And that caliber at her coronation in 1953. And this is what it looks like. Uh, I'm just showing. It's, it's tiny. Yeah. It's, it's a grain of rice movement, pretty much. But they also, their movements are 
fucking bulletproof. So Perfect. if 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 we shot at it with a gun, we're gonna survive. Probably not. Oh God, Carl, but you're so off today. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Depends what kind of gun. It's just like like a toy Spirit. gun. Spirit. And what was the other word he used earlier? Grime. Watches. Grime. Cheese. And I was like, watch cheese. Oh, wrist God. cheese or wrist oh. cheese. Oh God, Carl. Um, does he go? You go you ever wonder, wrist cheese. If you ever wonder, if you ever wonder if you should get a GLC, just do it. Just do it. It's just, just it's it. just that. What I mean, it's just it, that's all I was able to find. But uh, that that watch company has so much history and it's so interesting. And once you start reading into origins of watchmaking in Switzerland, everything is interconnected. There's a pro- there's probably a good reason why at some point, um, all the big brands they kind of moved to be next to each other. There's probably right. a good reason for that. Right. And it's, uh, it's 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 maybe to cool. feed off each other's. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. The the pool of uh, engineers. I'm sure they all use each other's mechanisms. Um, yeah, and uh, it's just probably easier to for transportation. So so maybe if the brand didn't get enough love when there were like great like other brands using the movement, you could probably find some great JLCs on the vintage market. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. I'm just afraid that they're too popular yeah. to to be affordable. Um, we're talking like GLC is a not really known brand or anything, but they're still huge, right? No, absolutely, absolutely, they're huge. They're still, I would still say, they're bubbling under. They're not everywhere. They're not Omega. They're not Rolex. They're not Breitling. They're not. They're not Tag Heuer. They're not that. They're in an interesting gray area. They're also not part of the big three, right? Because they're not as yeah. pricey. If I can make a comparison with like uh, cars stuff, yeah, um, Lotus. Yeah, I think it would be like that, right? Yeah. When you like watches, you know who GLC is. Yeah. You see when you go, wow, that's a nice watch. So you want to compare it to a car specific brand or a specific? Yeah, car? like Lotus. It's really yeah. rare you see ones. It's not a big market for those cars, but when you see one, you go. That's a nice car, yeah. and I understand what it is, yeah. right? But there are far fewer in the car. Uh, I would say in the, uh, world, just even the world that that has that kind of cachet that kind of bubbles under without without sorry without being a supercar. Well, Lotus or just say Lotus. Give me anything other than a Lotus that what if makes I said, bubbles under. What if I said um, something like a BMW M5? We know that. Everyone knows BMW. No, yeah, but it's, it's like the it's, Omega. It's, it's just a car. It's a lot of car. But that's a lot of car. That's an o- a specific Omega to me. Lotus is a okay. brand. Yeah, but Lotus are not supercars. That's the thing you have but, to understand. But that's They're what sports I'm, cars. But that's what I just said. Like you that's, can get a Lotus for 50 grand. But that's what I'm saying. But like when you take Jaja Lecoud and you're comparing them to Lotus, it's a very good comparison. But are there any other cars that have this like cachet that's bubbling under without being very expensive that is more uh, enthusiast, uh, moins connu. Uh, less There's more. only one, but you really need to be a huge enthusiast. It's Morgan. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. Right? Very, very, very. Because it's the same shop since yeah. like right. 1904 right. in yeah. England, right? They still use wood in the confection of that car. Yeah. But I think it's uh, less than noticed. Richard Hammond just bought himself one, no? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is, it, is it still being <laughs> built? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so. We got to do some car episodes. So later. big black cars. Just to uh, the, just big to finish off on the GLC yep. uh, topic there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a lot more to uncover. Uh, the history of that watch uh, brand is very interesting. There's hours uh, of hours of 
it, information for that. You know what? I was looking. I was looking for different websites, and you know, Wikipedia as well. Uh, it's a. It's a. It's a bottomless pit. So once you start looking into one thing, you click on something else. You click and click and click. And then you you're end up World looking War II. for a completely different brand. Then you're Nazis. Oh no, way before, way before World War Two. <laughs> way before, centuries before World War Two. So I have two questions for you. One, why this brand? What attracted you the most to it? And two, which one would you buy today? Oh, um, to buy today, it's uh, very easy. I absolutely love the Master Control watches. Yes. You've seen many times. We've seen it together. I, yeah. I, I love it so much. I've I've tried it on many times. I know exactly how it looks on my wrist. It's Did you get the moon phase? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Wow. I'll get the moon phase. Oh yeah. That's a huge step. Well, it's very useless, I mean, but it's great. It's but it's so good. It's so yeah. Good. Hey, Dima, you know what? I also really love the sector dial ones. Yeah. Can I say something? Uh, well, just once. Do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just once, man. You can't say it again now. Uh, and the reason why I'm crushing on this brand, I don't know why. I think it's just, uh, I love history. Uh, I love the reversal. And maybe because it was polarizing for me. Maybe that, maybe because that watch at first, I just didn't understand it at all. I didn't like it. And it went completely 180. It went from me not liking it at all to me loving it and like considering of buying it at some point. My brother got into it because of that. The brand history. I, and he I, bought himself a Memo Vox. Right. Because of it. Memo Vox, what a fantastic watch as well. Oh, yeah. Mechanical alarm, <laughs> and it's uh, arguably, obviously, there is you know there are disputes there. Considered to be the first alarm watch. Yeah. Yeah. Again, crazy. S- side note: uh, When your brother's back in town, we'll have to have it on this podcast. Yeah, he's uh, he has a a pretty uh, great uh, watch collection. He is a little bit of a man. His he, his tastes are very expensive. <laughs> like, right, he's like, oh, I really love this uh, Laurent Ferrier, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, that's a fucking well, tourbillon. That's such a fuck you tourbillon. It's on the back of the watch. under, the, <laughs> So you don't even see the tourbillon. It's so fuck you. They go, yeah? Then you turn it over. You just look at this tourbillon. So it's like a Bentley with a tourbillon in there. <laughs> exactly. But much. you don't have to show it. Yeah. Go, let me, let me. It's there. <laughs> yeah. It's um, yeah. Yeah, good taste. And the other reason I think is because when I was... When I was really crushing on a, on chronographs, and right before I bought my Speedmaster, yeah, there is a GLC that Polaris. looks very similar, the Polaris chronograph. Oh yeah. And I when I saw it, I was like, oh my god, this is the Speedmaster 2.0. It's twice the price of yours. It is, but it's, it's, but quite, it's a bit, quite a bit more watch also. But it's a lot more watch. It's a connoisseur's watch, enthusiast watch. It is it's so thin. It is so thin and has everything a Speedmaster has, but also automatic. But that. You were talking about that sector dial master control that they don't make anymore. They also had a chronograph in that line. They had the geophysic, or the, not the geophysic. They had the geo, yeah, geophysic. Geophysic also is a very nice, very nice watch. They had the geophysic, they have a lot of really nice the watches. sector dial regular uh, three hander, and they had a chronograph, and that chronograph was fucking awesome. And they're pushing the limits all the time. This is what I also like about those watches. They keep innovating and adding new amazing complications. They just made a reversal. That's two well two face reversal two be I yeah <laughs> I have a lot why of, because think, fuck you I can't because but I, I can't I also think you know what you said is a good point I think GLC doesn't release duds and I have not seen a watch that flopped for them so every once in a while every brand kind of has one to go mm, that's a, remember that Tudor PO one came out. <laughs> 
I love that watch. I kind of like it, but it's polarizing. <laughs> I love it's that watch. It's really polarizing. People are like, what the hell are you I have guys a friend doing? of mine who absolutely hates it. Oh, no, I, 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 don't, I like it. I want I like it. it. I like it because I, I, I was like, fuck, they could have just come out with another Black Bay. They came out with yeah, the PO1, yeah. right? I, I feel they were before the... Uh, you see we all reacted, eh? I was yeah. like, you, oh, I fucking love that. I fucking I hate love, it. I love that watch. I, I feel they, they were a bit before everyone starting really to do the integrated bracelet. Yeah. Right, just before. Like a couple months. <laughs> Tudor you're talking about or the... PO1. The PO1. It has a lot of uh, personality, that watch. Man. A lot of people were like... Uh, yeah, there's the chronograph. He's, he's showing us... I am looking at the GLC chronograph. The GLC, and that is the master control. It is. It's a, how it much is, did I go for? 10, it is, 10 to 12,000 Canadian. It is so new. beautiful. No. No, no. New. new. Yeah. It was 5,700 US for the three time. The... The the geo location, which was the world, the the GMT one, that was more expensive. But this was the most expensive. I think this was ten grand US. So you look about ten, twelve, thirteen. Oh, there's twelve, thirteen. So grand. many watches between ten and thirteen. That's a lot of watches. Yeah, but let's be honest here. If you could get an MSRP, the GMT Master Two is twelve. It's a great looking watch. It's yeah, but you have to wait five years to get your fucking. No, you don't wait. You don't, there's no list anymore. This is exactly. It's infinite waiting time. I think it's gonna be on my list as well. Oh, yes. It's just my list is just oh, everything. Do it. It's yeah. uh, just, just a look at me. But it's a, it's a beautiful line. And you know, it was affordable. That was look, the watch you're showing us, which is the master control, not the geophysic, but he was showing us the regular three-hander. That watch, Dimitri, was fifty seven hundred brand new when it came out. That's a really good price. That's seven thousand Canadian dollars. Perfection. It is perfection. So yeah, uh, in a nutshell, this is why I love GLC. So which one? The master control? If I would get, honestly, if I could get a, a, a GLC, I would try to find the sector dial GLC master control. And it was the brand and the history that got that, that reached out to you. Yeah, yeah. But I, I do love the new master control ultra thin moon face. Well, even the regular one doesn't have to be moon. It's just moon face is so nice. You know what? It's even because he works in an office because it's such a great watch. But I've seen, I have a friend of mine who owns it. He has a sector dial. And he wears it everywhere. The GLC? Yep. Oh, fuck. We need some new friends. And uh, <laughs> Who? He goes, my friend owns this. I'm like, I need some new friends. <laughs> and uh, I've seen him wear it everywhere oh, on different occasions. God, Casual, uh, dress. And it just it just works. But no one it just can, looks good. No nobody one can tell, knows. Eh? Nobody knows. Yeah. Nobody knows what it is. Nobody knows. But it's, 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 just, it's just so elegant. And I think that's a good way to describe it. It's so elegant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyhow, enough me blubbering. Yeah. Let's switch nice to... Nice run. Uh, I'll go Carlos. next. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind. Um, I choose the last watch I bought and why I bought it and go over that brand because... This I'm, is going to be terrible. It's, it's, I'm the worst. Everyone knows that. I don't speak English. Which really. uh, <laughs> then is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Do yes. We, do so we have I to beat it out or no? <laughs> I bought a movement watch. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> or Vinceros, right? Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, last watch I bought was a CWC G10, so a military watch. Um, so it's CWC, standing for Cabot Watch Company. And um, I, I like that they start a company in, in, in 1972, so it's quite young for a watch company. And it was poorly to make, uh, they only wanted to make a watch, uh, a military watch. So they started the company and they said, we're going to make military watch for the military. That's it. That's our objective. And they went with it and they got it, right? 
So in uh, 80, so it took them eight years uh, and they made the first quartz watch to be supplied to the HM forces. So uh, the UK, pretty much. And uh, it was the G10. It's a quartz. The nickname of then in the military was the Fat Boy. And that's what I bought. Uh, the one I bought was a 2006, 2006. And um, right now I'm adding it to Dima. Um, it's really a sample field watch. Um, and it's solid bars on it. I, I thought it was spring bars, but disposable, disposable watch, right? Um, they're really looking into... It, it's a watch. You break it, you throw it away, and you get a new one. But you were saying about the spring bars. It's they have spring bars. No, they don't. They're solid. Yeah, They're solid. solid. I, I thought it, one, of the, one of them is crooked. Like I, oh, I just oh, you thought it wasn't. Yeah, I my you, mistake. Yeah. My mistake. Yeah. Right. This watch makes me think of the cocky feel that you were talking about. Yes, uh, last time. But better. It is cool. It is so cool. Better. But you know Quartz, what I find right? super cool. Mechanical. That's a big difference. I don't care. I just <laughs> if this is the ultimate form. Yeah, they win the contract so for cool. it. That's the thing, right? 1980. I'm so starting to crush years. on the uh, CWC as well because oh. it's just so cool. Check yeah. out their and again, divers, I'm, dude. I'm all about the history of watches, right? And if you think of this, I love that you have a stamp. Yeah, the, the it's just, it's, and it's the just, specification. It's just so utilitarian. Dial. I love how you open the back with a cord. Coin. Anything that fits, you can open it. Yeah. Have you seen their diver? Just, Show me the diver. Uh, I'll come to the diver in a second. Yeah, uh, I'll just give the watch to you. Here. Um, yeah, so in, in 1980, they got um, the contract with the G10, the fat boy, the, the one I bought. And um, the same year, they, they won the contract to replace the Rolex Millsop for the UK military. And that's something, right? Everyone say hello to the, um, the, the sub, that's, it's the watch and everything. So um, they, they didn't fuck around for the name. They called it the Royal Navy Diver. Literally, that, that what the watch is doing, right? And I have a picture here. I'm going to show them to uh, the guys, to Dimitri and uh, Kevin. So that's the 1980 diver. That's the 1980 CWC diver. This is a Seamaster. Right there. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. This is like, yeah. Well, but it replaced the yeah, yeah. to spec, right? The Seamaster 300 is exactly. what he's talking yeah. about. Yeah. They're built to spec. I'm sure they follow the same. Yeah, they, that's that watch rules, is, right? That watch is 2,000 pounds. By the way, I was, yeah. I was very close to picking Omega. Yeah. Because I just love... I was, and again, this is cool. We'll have more episodes. It's a very short segue, but I was crushing on Omega because for every style of a watch, I have a watch f- from them that I absolutely love. Yeah. Back to you, Carl. Can't um, go wrong. Yeah. So CWC, they got the, the Royal Navy Dimer in 1980, right, to replace a Rolex. Yeah. And they only make it for two years. Right. So they, there's only 600 units in the world. And the big difference to know, if you don't have like a copy or anything else, right, it's the logo. So before 1982, right. just CWC. And after 1982, there's a, a circle around it. That's right. Right? Yeah. Um, so those watches, I've seen some of them going for like between 5 and 10 K Canadian. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right? The original ones. Yeah. But they're really hard to come by. Yeah. Because it's military, so it's... So what are they? 41 millimeter with a crown guard? I guess so. I didn't yeah. take the spec yeah. up. But... Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it's nuts, right? Sword hands with that. And now I think I was looking on their website. They have three types of loom. Yep. They have the vintage loom, the light vintage loom, and they have the C3 Luminova. Yeah, and um, mine is tritium, right? Yours is a tritium dial, Yeah, but it's so old that it's it 06, ran out. So it's uh, 14 years old, right? <laughs> 12 to 14, yeah. Yeah, 
and right it's 10 out. to 12 so, the uh, yeah. tritium is going to take, right? So you don't need to go have any sunlight. It's always going to light up. That's right. Uh, but it's going to wear out. But those watches are not meant to yeah. last that long That's anyway. Right. So who gives a shit when you get there, right? Um, another thing that I really like about CWC is any watch they do, it's for a military specification. Yeah, they don't. Right. They don't do. They sell watch for uh, civilians. Yeah, but it's based from something that it used to sold or still s- selling to any army anywhere. There was there was a rumor, not a rumor. Sorry. I was reading an interesting article. They were just saying that in the, <laughs> the Her Majesty's or the Military of Defense had a lot of contracts out there, and at one point they're like, "We're going to cut this down." And, and I think that the, the brands now are like Bremont. I think like they're the, one of the only ones. Yeah. That have contracts with the Ministry of Defense, um, but it's it's interesting you say that. Yeah, but I that's there is a, a sexiness, an appeal well, to. Well, there's those, a purpose. It's built for something, right? Yeah, and and it makes you feel like you're part of it. Is the maybe same owning a piece of it? Is the same reason why people buy, or at least a lot of people buy, Land Rover Defenders and Mercedes Benz G wagons. I think Dimitri liked G-Wagons. They, Do it. Right? I also love Defenders. I could sell this. Yeah, it's just that they're, they're so terrible. They're military trucks. They're military trucks. They build for a reason and it's to serve a purpose within can, the military, right? Can I ask you a question oh, now based on, based on trucks or yes. based on cars? If you wanted something that's totally utilitarian, purposeful, wouldn't you be uh, you know, equally as authentic as buying a Jeep so the Jeep is the military vehicle for the U.S. Right. The Defender is military vehicle for the U.K. and the G-Wagon was for Europe. And the U.S. fucked up. <laughs> we didn't want to get. But I mean, <laughs> we got the Land Rover and then we got Jeep. I right? would say if you want something utilitarian, you want to make you want to get something like a CWC that you don't care about, right? So that, get like that's the base version of an F one fifty. That's yeah. like the most yeah. utilitarian. Thing. Yeah, but yeah. a yeah. Jeep is overpriced because it's it has a, a huge the cult following. C- yeah. CWC, the divers, two thousand pounds. I'm gonna have to look it up. Yeah, that. That I've heard, but right, it's two thousand pounds. <laughs> um, but yeah, and um, what I really it's like recently cheddar. with CWC, right? Um, they really switched their marketing, at least uh, towards the uh, civilians, right? The consumers, like uh, you and me. And right now, if you have your CWC and you restore it and stuff like that, they take that time and they do an article about it either on their website or on their social media. So you go on CWC Instagram, and it's. Like sixty percent of them is civilian-owned watches that have been restored or have stories behind them and stuff like that. So they they really switch their marketing that way. But I understand. Do you know who runs it? Do you know any of those details? Is it the no. But um, they um, they what they do on their website. What they say is, um, many other watches survive today, having seen military service. It's a true statement on their durability. So as so CWC is. A good manufacturer's watches. I'm pretty sure any war, any watch that was designed for war will outlast me. Yes. Well, um, <laughs> let's just say I, any sure watch. Yeah, any, any watch is going to outlast you, right? <laughs> like you're made of flesh skin, like. Wow, what well, we all are. What are you talking about? <laughs> like seriously, no, no. talk for you. Who are Carl you is saying about? you are made of flesh and skin. <laughs> what are you, Carl? T one thousand over there, marshmallow. <laughs> oh, you went with steel. I went with marshmallow. I went with Uzi. Are you are you sent to kill John Connor? <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Uh, but yeah, like, that's it. 
there's more to say about CWC, but that's really what I, why I like that watch company, at least lately, what I has been into it. So they have a lot of field watches, divers. It's, yeah, it's they even only have field a beautiful and... chrono. Yeah. I saw that beautiful. They have beautiful a... Beautiful watches, I agree. Their watch, they have a beautiful chronograph. I, I had it on my list here. I have they, a question for you also after... They have chrono. a CWC Royal, Royal Navy Fleet Air Arm Pilots chronograph, which is... Let me see. It's, it's a lot of money. But it's a great chronograph. Proper mil spec. Uh... It's my opi- my opinion, but I think you don't lose anything with CWC. If you want a proper mil spec watch, it's everything you want for that watch to be. And I think there's something a little romantic. I think, or a little bit. We love romance. Yeah. Noel, there's something. Uh, you know what? I don't know. Tell me. Tell me if I'm wrong on this. I think you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> 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 but tell me. Tell me if I see it. Like, if you're like, I got something that's like. Made and was commissioned by Her Royal Navy, Her Majesty's King, blah, 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 Ministry of Defense. And have this like, beautiful diver that's made for the mill spec versus like, yeah, we commissioned Cassio with Magician. There's something, I think, a little bit uh, historical, oh. old, Aeronauts yeah, yeah. The royal yeah. military. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, I agree. My watch was in service in 06, right? So it's either it just went through training and wasn't that useful anymore, or someone died with it, and now I have it. Right? So it's so, or yeah, so romantic. Or somebody said that they lost it and uh, sold it after. Right? Yeah, no, it was an auction watch. The buyer I got it okay. from is a guy who's uh, collecting CWC in uh, Edinburgh, and uh, he's buying them from auctions nice. in the UK. So very cool. Why right. would um, uh, so there's another company, right? There's a com- there's a Canadian company, Marathon. Yeah. Yep. Uh, why? Did you lean towards CWC versus Marathon? Just curious question. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just like the overall, the first thing first, the logo. I find it really simple and uh, easy to, to read, right? Right. And um, I don't know, man. I was just looking, I was on Chrono 24, just browsing some watches like I always do. <laughs> and I just saw that seller with all those CWC and funny enough they change in pricing depending on which war they went into <laughs> so Marathon has three places right it has Canadian government US US and Israel which makes sense which is US <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry sorry was yeah, I supposed so, to say uh, that was so uh, we'll, we'll beep that out yeah, we'll, beep that out, right? <laughs> that out. we'll beep that out but uh, yeah I find them too too late for daily wear I have a Marathon but I have the plastic uh, I, navigator. I agree with you 100%. And I was kind of waiting for Carl to say the same. CWC is very uh, refined, I find, yeah. and very elegant. Simple. I use that word again. Yeah. I wouldn't say simple. Elegant. They're not simple. They're maximum utility right. with a very minimal look. It's not, to me, simple. That's what I was saying. Simple to me is it's just basic. We're going to beep that out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're going to beep that out. Do you care? I don't. Uh, we're joking. We're I joking. Don't, no, don't. we're joking. I don't think so. I don't need to be sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> we're sponsoring shows. Wait till you BB. They, they're making enough <laughs> This money. podcast is brought to you by us. But, but. <laughs> <laughs> by exactly. from, from now on, we'll just be beeping out everything I say. Um, <laughs> it's just a lot. It's just a lot, a lot of beeping. <laughs> Mostly beeping. <laughs> and then I... And then... And then... Anyway, yeah. that's why I love that brand. And, that's why I love that brand. And on that note, <laughs> and on that note uh, but yeah, uh, Marathon, I agree with 100%. Uh, 
I like them, but I've seen them in person. I think that they're way too utilitarian. Yeah. The other thing that I, reminds me of that also is the Moscow. Oh, yeah. Beautiful, a beautiful company. Amazing watches. Very utilitarian. Hardened submarine steel with like submarine It's steel. just <laughs> like unless I'm a, a deep sea diver, I don't need to wear it. At Moscow. war. At, at war. war. At war with other deep sea divers. At war with other deep sea divers. <laughs> it was a deep sea dive with battle. head sharks <laughs> everywhere. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, going. I hope that uh, your watch brand is not a military watch. It is British, though. It is not. Okay, so thank uh, you for this podcast. British. <laughs> it's British. Okay, the so is silent. It's the British. Brand I went Br- British. with. I um, I listened to uh, a few interviews, podcasts with uh, about this brand with uh, the actual owner, and you know, I said in a few podcasts back, I really believe in the the connection that a watch brand tries to make with me. And this brand is one that I'm really, really into. So you like when watch brand touch you? I love when they touch me. Cool. cool, cool. We'll cut out everything before that last sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it's conceptual. Is so it? The, the brand I'm liking, I'm really into these days, is a brand called Fears. And it's a brand... How do you spell that? Fear. Like F-E-A-R. Like yes. when Carl undresses himself. Like Fear Factor? Like Fear Factor. Like when Carl looks in the mirror <laughs> at the look on his face. <laughs> That's exactly it. Fear Factor. He's just shaking his head. God damn it. God damn it. So the brand is called Fear. Um, Fears Watches. It uh, came out in 1846 by someone named Edward Fear, a gentleman from Bristol. It's a company that's family run. It's 174 years old. Bristol? Yeah, Bristol United Kingdom. It's uh, still there today. It's a brand that started like yours when you're talking about GLC a very long time ago, back in the Victorian days. So when the brand actually came out, uh, Queen Victoria was in her 20s and she was nine years. She's quite old. She's quite old. It's been only nine years she was on the throne. And about the time that Fierce came out, Time had just been standardized for about a year. And the UK had a different time zone from city to city. So the clock in the center square in Bristol had two minutes hands. They were 10 minutes apart. One that was Bristol time and one that was London time. Oh, interesting. That's really, really cool. So five. So I think you know, everyone knows the brand um, Smiths, right? From the United Kingdom. Uh, no, but please tell us. I know the music band. No, but you've heard of Smiths, the watch brand, for sure. No, no I have not. Okay, so Smiths was but one please. of the brands that actually made it to the top of Everest. They made the watch. Oh, yes. The top of Everest. Sorry, Smiths. yes, of yeah. course. Yeah. Of course. So, just a brain spasm. Smiths, when it came out, so just to give you an idea, Fears came out five years before Smiths did in the United Kingdom and lasted about five years later than Smiths. So they were the largest watch manufacturer in the west of England. And they were actually international to about 95 countries. They were making about a hun- they were making hundreds of thousands of watches at the time. Um, so one of the differences that you could find in these Fierce watches is that the Fierce watches that were made in England said... Uh, Fears that was sorry, the fears watches that were made outside of England that were international said fears 
Bristol, England on the dial, while the Fears watches that were made in England just said Fears on them. And what's interesting is that they don't have a very large offering. Back then, the type of watches that they used to make were never designed for a specific use. Um, and right now, you know, in the day and age that we are right now, we live in like a, a day and age of subgenres where everything is like a diver's watch, a chronograph. They didn't have any of this. They kind of made a watch that was for every day because back then, no one had more than a watch. Everyone had one watch. So, like Volkswagen. Right? Yeah. So what Fears did is that they made a watch that wasn't for the C-level exec or the high-level exec. They made it for the medium-level exec, which was, I would say, represented by a couple of months of wage. So a watch back then used to cost about uh, a couple months of salary. And right now, their Brunswick, you can find it on their website, is about 4000 Canadian dollars, 3200 pounds. They had watches that had some really solid movements in them back in the day. They had in how they didn't have in-house movements, but they were taking in watch uh, movements from IWC. They had chronographs that were made by Minerva, and they were built to be rock solid. And the way the guy described it is that they're like Mercedes Benz from the nineties, indestructible, right? in this ready for war, ready for war. So they closed. Um, in 1976. And the reason they closed was not because they went bankrupt. is because the last managing director retired. Without anyone to take his place? 40 years, it stayed dormant. He just closed. After, after the, he just closed. What was so cool was that in history, in Bristol, because it's a fairly small city, there was a corner of the street and the corner of the street is where the Fears building was, where they used to make these watches. And you can find news articles where they say Fears Corner, because that's where the building was. The thing was ran for 130 years, and then the last managing director retired, and then for 40 years it stayed dormant. And now recently, the great, great, great grandson of the Fears company uh, opened it up again in 2016. And the guy's name is Nicholas Bowman Scargill. He's the fourth managing director. So this guy was in finance. And he was really into watches. He decided to make, uh, to do an apprenticeship with Rolex. And at one point he said, you know what? I don't want to sit on a bench making watches. I want to go and do an entrepreneurship. I want to build my own company. So this guy goes home and he's having lunch with his mom and dad, or his mom, that's the story. And during his lunch with his mom, he says, I really want to open a company. And then she goes, you know, in our family, we, you, you know, no. you know, very Christopher Walken. Yeah, exactly. You know, in our <laughs> no. family, we have watchmakers. It's we used to blood. buy this watch for generations. Is, no. it, is it a blood thing doing watches? So to him, it kind of is. He said, it, maybe it's in me to make watches. So this guy... He says, I really want to open my own thing. I'm really into watches. He did an apprenticeship at Rolex. Apprent apprenticeship? Wow. Intern. It was an intern. It was an intern. It was an intern. Good. Good. Intern. Good. He uh, was an apprentice uh, at Rolex. So he knows he knew a fair amount about, Ro about um, uh, watches. And his mom said, you know, you have family that were watchmakers in the past. 
And then he was like, you know what? Light bulb moment. This guy goes and starts his own watch company. Re takes well, takes this company that's dormant and starts it up again. What's really inspiring about his rebuild is that this guy sold everything to open his brand. He wanted complete creative control. So he had a couple of Rolexes, he had a couple of he sold everything that wasn't nailed down. And he said, I'm going to make my the rebrand what we would have been today had we not closed down, had we not retired. We're gonna go back to what we would have been today. And more than that, which I think is really cool, the guy who this guy his name is Nicholas Scargill. Uh, Nicholas uh, Bowman. Bowman is his name. Sorry, Nicholas Bowman Scargill ends up selling his whole collection and whatnot. He ends up paying full price for his own watch because he says that, because he believes so much in his brand. Sold everything. Did not want any investors because he wanted complete control. And more than that, uh, he actually said. I want to make sure that we're making a company watch that I believe in that our family would have made. Um, so that was super important to him. A big piece about Fierce watches you'll look at in terms of their construct. They have these syringe hands that are so unique that they're actually called Fierce hands. It actually became the emblem. Kind of like when you say, oh, they have Breguet hands. Those Fierce hands that became their, their, their little uh, symbol that's actually... You can see it on the movement of the watch. So, for people who've never seen a, a fear watch, the syringe hand, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it's a hollow hand, right? So, it's yes, just the contour of it, right? Yes. So, you see straight through the dial. They're skeletonized, these hands. Yeah, it's nice. I, I was looking at uh, some image on, on uh, fears online while um, Kevin was talking about the brand. Right. And uh, first take I got was uh, feels, looks at least, I don't know, give me the same. Oh, Uh, uh, I knew you were going to say that because they have this cushion case. It's funny you say that because I was going to say exactly that. It looks so similar to a Panerai. Yes. It, yeah, it it's the same so styling, right? The dimension, the styling. It is a cushion case. It is 38 millimeters. Here's what's really great. Here, let's cheers. We just served ourselves a minute. All their, all their watches are Swiss. Hand built in the UK. The hands are in-house. It takes a day, a whole day, to make one set of hands. It costs. God damn. Yes. <laughs> God damn. Thermally blued hands, very, very interesting in terms of the angle. Oh, thermally blued, and even with thermally blued you hands. You know how hard it is to not it, bend a metal with heat? Yes. Yes. It costs 90% of their movement. God damn. <laughs> oh, wow. The, you, the movement is actually the cheapest piece in their watch. Look up the blue one. Look if you can look up the blue Brunswick. There you go. Oh my God! The sector dial. Ugh. this this the watch. The dials this and cases. Is the, uh, this is a discontinued model, right? No, they still make that. No, sorry. There's a there's a blue one that looks like a sector dial. No, it's still there. I didn't see them. Go to Brunswick. There. If you go to the the blue Brunswick. Continue to trying to find the, uh, the so watch. the dials and the cases on the Brunswick. Just to give you an idea, the dial is highly hand finished lacquered dials. Um, the case is multiple times more expensive than anything on the watch. And here's why. It only has one flat surface. It only has one flat surface, and that's the rear sapphire crystal. Every other surface on the watch has at least two radiuses, so it's curved. The movements come from Switzerland, obviously. They're ETA 7001s, and they're surface decorated in the UK. And an onion crown. Oh, oh yeah. 
It is so nice. The watches are made to be everyday watches. They have no like. What is the dimension? Thirty-eight millimeters. Thirty-eight by thirty-eight. It's like a tiny pocket panorama. Tiny pocket panorama. Very yeah. It's a tiny pocket panorama. That's the first thing I thought. They and here's also part of the construction. The straps come from Belgium. The leather is from Bristol, from their oldest tanner, which provides all the leather Bristol? on every cricket ball in the cricket? world. What? Yeah, I'm serious. What? Wait, this is so. So cool. it's pretty much all the cricket ball leather from the UK and India. Because it's the only country who play cricket. Uh, pretty much. Okay. I feel like there's at least one more country that plays cricket. <laughs> Ireland. It's a guess. terrible playoffs. It's, so, <laughs> it's always the finals. <laughs> they always start with the finals. It's always start with the finals. So the bracket they, they is always the letter the from the UK to Belgium to get it back to the UK. That's right. They take the letter, send it over there so that they can tan it. They send it back. Then they work on it. What's really The movements are there. So what's really cool is that the, brand, the, the suppliers that they use used to work with them 80, 90 years ago. So they actually are their smallest you know, business partner, but they go, yeah, we used to do business with your family 80, 90 years ago. It's amazing. This. So they go, we're going to continue to do business with you because they believe in this like generational family thing. Um, they have this like connection. All their watches, here's another thing. All their watches, which is really cool, run on an ongoing serial number. So when you buy it, it doesn't go, oh, you have serial number one of this batch. It just keeps going. That's, that's cool. So this guy owns number 13, not number one, which most watch brands do because he goes, well, he's born on the 13th, Friday the 13th, believe it or not. They also have a program called the Fears Heritage Collection. And the Heritage, sorry, the Fears Heritage Division. So you send in your old Fears watch, uh, whatever watch it is, and they'll restore it. And they actually said, it goes, we don't make money on it. But what they do is that they take that Fears watch that you send in that's old, they pull out a news article or something from the archive of that watch, and they send it back to you as a copy. That's great customer service. Great and, and just to have maybe a small uh, tangent here uh, to go back on our last podcast when I was talking about Nomos, and Nomos is going to have 12 installment, no interest. I'm right now on the uh, fearswatches.com, and they do the same thing. With 10% deposit, it's 12 cent installment, no interest. Oh, my God. And straight from the factory, right? Oh, my God. We, we, we like that. Oh, we like that. We like that a lot. Oh, we like that so a lot. So it's 251 pounds a month for having... Um, oh, my God. That's like 300 bucks a month. That's not so bad. For the Brunswick. For how long a year? 12, 12 minutes with 10% down. No, most is no down. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. 10% yeah, it's down. nothing, right? 10% down. It's like 300 bucks. Well, anyway, so yeah, if you want one, just go on the website and install me. No, I got to sell some watches because the divorce is more expensive than that watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, it's small tangent close now. So, you've ruined my life, Carl. <laughs> so, they don't make any money when they restore and repair these old watches. But what they do is that they give you a piece of history back. And you want to know why they do it? Fears was the, as such an old company, was selling hundreds of thousands of watches. And they don't have, they say, after their old building was bombed during the war. And they said, we don't have much record of everything. So they want people with their old watches to send them in so they can know what it is that they made. Oh, that's amazing. And then this what they like do the is they go, story. Find, they go find what your watch was, and they send you the article back. And then you're part of it for free, the Fears Watch Club. They have watch meets up, everyone comes together. And then what's so cool 
is that their best customer, one of their best customers, suggested a brand, a logo, and the guy goes, oh, okay, you should call, your logo should be, your name should be, what not name, your motto, it should be elegantly understated, it's called. And the guy said, you know what, that's so good. So he patented the name, and he called it elegantly understated. So the watch has incredible construction. You take a watch that is 2,003, 2,400 pounds without VAT if you're in Europe. And the watch can be compared, seriously, when you look at the specs and you look at everything that they can do and the way that they construct the watch, you compare it to watches that are twice its price, it is, without a doubt, comparable. It's a lot of money. It's 4000 bucks. You look at what's for 4000 bucks. you can get a Tudor. You can get some Omegas at that point. Do you get that service and that history behind it? This guy was talking. He said... When he started the brand, one of the things that he made a mistake on, he was people were like, so he was sending out these pamphlets of the type of watches they would sell. But the thing was, he goes, people would be like, shouldn't you be spending that money somewhere else? <laughs> like on the watch? But he, he was like, I really believe in this, like sending everyone a handwritten letter, sending everyone this, 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 like, you know, this, this, uh, this relationship you have with the watch. They only make a couple hundred watches, few, few hundred watches a year. So when I when I listened to this guy talked, or this this owner, what he does for his company, it is remarkable. This guy went so far that even through COVID, he was like, I need to make some extra money. He went and took a job on the side at a grocery store or something, just so he could keep the brand going. Because he, re- he refuses to take in partners, to lose creative control. And he says it, because he doesn't have the last name because it was through his mother's lineage. He goes, I am from this family of fears, but I want this brand to continue on after me when the next managing director comes into town. And his watches, they have two watches on his site. They make watches they don't make any money on, the Red Cliff that they had before because that's the city, that's the, uh, the street in Bristol. Yeah. Bristol. Bristol. And uh, cricket. This this brand. When I when I saw that, I was like, you know what? I rather have this kind of relationship with a brand. And this is why I reached out. And when and when I I got a chance to to actually see one in person, I was like, it was remarkably beautiful. And I'm, I think they're totally underestimated. You got a chance to see it here in Canada? No, or no, no, Europe. Yeah, I was in England a couple of years back when I went to see my brother who's living in Durham, and then there was a, a watch shop and they had a little fierce corner. Oh, wow. And I was like, man, this is it. These are beautiful watches. I'm looking right now online. It's so hard to find an old old one. Oh, yeah. There's it's in, almost impossible. There was something really cool that I read about them that I wanted to share that you were talking about inflation. During the 70s, when inflation was hyperinflation or superinflation was rampant in the UK, they had, he was saying that he, they had old flyers that would have their watches and everything would say, call us to inquire about the price. And they were looking, why? It was because inflation would be so insane that when they would produce the flyer, by the time it would go out, what they had in idea as a price would have already gone up. <laughs> wow. That's, uh, that's so shitty. That's crazy. <laughs> Hyperinflation, bro. You know all about that. 
don't know all about it. <laughs> Sophie, oh yeah. Uh, man, you can't even find anyone on uh, Corona 24. There's a zero Here's listing. Watches. I don't know, man. It's nuts. You got to look. You got to find some vintage here. I want one now. You want one now, eh? Great story, eh? Crazy story. And they do installment, no interest. <laughs> <laughs> I really... That, um, that's like a free watch. I really... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I am really into... Um, a brand that can reach out to me a little bit. And I prefer to have that kind of relationship with a brand over uh, that of a, uh, um, something that's maybe more mass-produced that has a, maybe less personality. Fears is pretty cool. And just looking at their history and the way this guy really puts into it. Three watches. Well, it's the same watch. It's just three different variations. You have the Brunswick in front of you, and he has the blue, yeah. the white, and the gold. You have a red cliff. They made a, a quartz they this old quartz that they made. Yeah, but the, the quartz I was reading, it's only 100 pieces a year. A thousand. They made a thousand because it had to do with a thousand days that they had been open or something like that. And they made it, they priced it to what the watch would have been priced due to inflation back then. And they ended up losing money on it. <laughs> yeah, it's not available anymore. No, it's not available. They only have, that's it. Because they only make a few hundred, few hundred watches a year. That's what I really love about this brand. It's family-owned, family-run. Question for you. Yeah. So right now I see there's a white dial with gold case, gold hands. There's yeah. the blue dial and stainless uh, case in hand. And there's a white dial and yeah. the blue um, hands. Yeah. If you had to get one. The blue. Brentley blue dial? 100%. The, the, the number layout on the dial, they only have the 10, 2, 4, 6, 8. Yeah, the uh, blue on that. If you get a chance to zoom in on that, and you're able to see the uh, finishing of that dial, the uh, difference in the bullseye that's there in between it, the fears hands that uh, is on that cushion case, it is remarkable. And what's really great is that the case, the watch, you know, it's not because they copy Panerai, right? You know, as that cushion case, but that watch was around for very long time yeah. in terms of what they wanted to do as a brand and they wanted to make an everyday watch that's it that's it we just want to make an everyday watch that's, that's what I'm looking that's a brand I'm really into right now and yeah uh, for good reasons and my, so I might sell my Autodromo from last uh, episode with a few others to finance one of those well yeah so I don't get the it's interesting I, I mean I've looked I've looked at that watch before this, this podcast and mm-hmm. obviously not knowing any story there isn't much you can get from the website once you get into the stories it's yeah. it's the story that always gets me pretty crazy so yeah uh, it's a story that always gets me so it's uh, it's quite cool thank you for that kevin you're welcome and um on that i think we'll, we'll close this one today That's yeah great, guys you so, made uh, it it was fun you made it through episode four cheers four already so many I can't count. such a mouth i don't have that many fingers Yep. Cheers. Cheers, and, cheers, uh, cheers. Cheers. We'll see you in episode we'll five. We'll see you in the next one. If you make it.